Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm so happy that you're here with me again for another episode. I have an excellent show prepared for you guys. I have Nate here. He's coming to us from a cabin deep within the heart of the Canadian wilderness. He is the host of Midnight Mysteries Radio, and he also has his own research company called Imperial Research and Investigations. He is the former lead investigator for MUFONT of the Canadian chapter, and overall, he's a really cool guy. He cares about this research. He has a ton of experiences. He shares some stories. This is an interview slash conversation. It really is a fun episode. We don't hone in on just one topic as I'm capturing these awesome conversations, taking the journey here on the Millennial Mustard Seed podcast. This is definitely worth your time. I'm not going to waste any more time. We're going to jump right into this episode. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, I've got an excellent episode here for you guys. I have Nathan here from Midnight Mysteries Radio. He's coming to us from the heart of the Canadian wilderness. Everything that he's going to be sharing with us tonight, nothing is mm. planned. You guys know the deal. We just kind of let the spirit guide, connecting with brothers and sisters all around the world at this point, trying to connect the dots, encourage each other, and unveil the darkness. So, Nathan, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you became the Nathan, the Midnight Mysteries Radio. Sure. I think now more than ever, you know, Christians need to be having these conversations and need to be aware of what's going on behind the scenes. And years ago, uh, I grew up in a Christian home and, uh, you know, deliverance ministry, spiritual warfare were, were topics that I heard about quite often, but had never really encountered until I got out of high school and started going to Bible school. And it's funny, I'd never intended on becoming a pastor. My dad was a pastor, and uh, his dad was a pastor, and it just kind of goes back. And I'm like, I'm never going to be a pastor, but <laughs> ended up becoming a pastor. Um, but before I became a pastor, I had gone through my private investigation training uh, to be certified and licensed because I've always had an inclination towards the investigative method, uh, investigative methodology. And I thought that might be a field I'm, I would be interested in. And I was talking with the head of one of our justice departments here in Alberta, uh, who was uh, a relative of mine. And he just brought up that, you know, it's not uncommon for people like psychics and mediums and witches to submit tips for investigations. And you know, a lot of them would lead nowhere, but some some of them would lead to the outcome of cases, whether it was missing children being found or bodies found or criminal convictions. And I was kind of shocked. Um, and so I asked him, you know, how many Christians are on that list? And he said none were. And it felt like a punch to the gut because I'm like, well, hold on, because biblically we have Daniel, right, who was interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. He was put in charge of all the witches and mediums and psychics and, and quote unquote wise men of the time. Yeah. Absolutely. And then there's, you know, Esther, there's Joseph, there's all these different leaders throughout the old and new Testament who were put in positions of authority based off of either dream interpretation or favor in the courts or other ways, other testimony. And I'm like, why isn't that happening today? Like, we're in the new covenant. We're filled with the spirit of the living God. Shouldn't we have the most accurate information? Shouldn't we have, you know, the first insight on anything to do with the darkness in our world? And it sent me on this journey, uh, myself and another close friend who, who felt the same way, felt the same conviction to figure out how we could begin to start that process, how we could be the, the modern day watchmen, the, you know, the builders like, um, Nehemiah talks about where they're building, um, but at the same time, they've got their swords too, right? Yes, yeah. And um, watchmen are supposed to warn people of when the, the sword's coming. And uh, I, I, I 
can't recall it. Usually I, usually I try and be prepared when I quote scripture, but um, punch it in to Google or your Bible app. And um, there's a few verses that talk about how if the watchman sees the sword coming and doesn't warn the people, God will hold the blood of the people on the watchman's head. And wow. yeah, that's always scared me because, um, you know, whether I planned it or not, uh, God seemed to lead us into this area of, okay, how do we be modern day watchmen? How do we be the light in the darkness? How do we be the ones who are hearing from the Holy Spirit and, and working with the government in these different areas? And uh, it set us on this journey where we started an investigation company, uh, Perio Research and Investigations. And we were, we were prepared. We were amped. We were ready to, you know, be part of top secret briefings, <laughs> all these other things. And what started happening, because uh, it would take hours to go through this, this whole thing, was um, we started getting calls from people who were looking for deliverance, essentially. They had, you know, torment in their homes or um, just really demonic stuff happening in their lives. And um, so we'd, we'd start to go through their homes and we'd start to pray with people. And it was awesome. We started seeing fruit. But we're kind of like, well, this isn't really what we we wanted to do, but we're trusting the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And we eventually started seeing, is it is it okay that I'm just kind of going through all of this right now? Absolutely, man. Keep going. This is great. So we, as we start going through people's homes, we discovered that there were other groups that were going through people's homes to try and help them. But these weren't Christian groups. These were new age and occultic groups. Uh -huh. And what's interesting is that, the majority of them didn't charge anything. They, they had a genuine heart to try and help people. Um, the issue is they were tapping into the wrong source, right? They were, yeah. they were under their eyes were veiled to which source they were, they were tapping into. And so we start to meet with these groups and get to know them a bit. And I was invited to speak at one of their, their meetings, uh, about the supernatural, uh, from a private investigator's perspective, somebody who has a background in private investigations. And so I went and then I was invited back again because we, we, we've covered a range of topics before Midnight Mysteries from, you know, UFOs to cryptozoology to ancient giants. And so I'd essentially go into these groups and, and share about these topics and what we found from a, a research and investigative capacity. And this one particular time I was invited back, I really felt like I was supposed to call out, you know, these, these spirits they were serving because they, they'd always open up their, uh, home cleansing time and a prayer to these various spirits and stuff. I felt like I was supposed to, um, talk about how these spirits were fallen angels and mm. put them on blast essentially. And yes, I was kind I of, it. I was kind of, yeah. And I was kind of mourning and grieving because I'm like, I've, I've built a friendship with these people and my heart had really, mm. I'd grow fond of them. Right. Cause I, I, I loved that they had a genuine heart for, for people. And what's really cool is that they, you know, they, they already believe that there's a world after this one, mm -hmm. right. They're, they, they believe that there's more to life than this. So there's so much closer than the everyday person who doesn't believe in God. Right. Um, and so I was grieving because I thought, you know, they were, this was going to sever the connection. And I ended up, ended up being um, nominated speaker of the year, which was, um, <laughs> it was incredible. And um, it was confusing. But yeah. after a while doing these home cleansings and stuff, we, when we actually started getting approached with some um, actual cases beyond home cleansings, we had to stop and pause because we had just fallen in love with going through people's homes and helping them and praying with them that we're like, we need to make sure God is calling us into the investigation field now, because just this has made us feel so alive and it, it was so humbling. And so we, um, there was a, a ministry in the States, uh, that had heard about what we were doing, uh, in Florida and they were in contact with a, um, with the owners of a, of a haunted house, um, in a different state. And this haunted house has been in all sorts of different TV shows and movies, um, discovery channel, Buzzfeed, 
I think National Geographic had an article about it one time, and the owners made a pile of money, but it got to the point where they were feeling so much torment from owning this home that they said, you know, we don't care how much money we're making off of it. We need help. We need we need to be delivered of this. And so this ministry in Florida um, very generously paid for our plane tickets uh, to this to this other state. They paid for a rental vehicle and they came with us and we met with this couple and <laughs> sat down, prayed with them. And, um, oh, man. you know, it was made clear to them that unless they gave their life to a higher authority, um, it would just get worse. Like, yeah. you know, you need to be able to fill the home. Um, otherwise the, the thieves, the, the spirits will return with, with more. Um, and again, there's a few different verses that talk about how, if you don't bind the strong man, or if you chase out the, uh, the spirits from your home, it'll, it'll come back if it's not filled. Right. Absolutely. And even, even in the natural realm, um, there's no such thing as a void, right? Any area that gets broken up or cleared ends up regrowing, right? Yeah. So um, they ended up getting saved and we prayed through the home and they sold it. And it was, it was this is an entirely different topic and we don't have time to, to dive into it today, but this was in the middle of a solar eclipse too. And there were all sorts of other groups <laughs> that were like, all sorts of other occultic groups and new age groups oh, that believe that this was like an open portal site and we're there to like worship and, All right, you know, Nathan, carry hold out. On, hold on one second. I'm <laughs> go like, for it. Go for it. I'm loving this right now. So like, <laughs> I like, feel like I'm like, Oh, we're on this podcast episode and I got questions, but I don't want to say a word. I just want to keep listening to what you're saying. I, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of talking. Like if I'm talking too much, please <laughs> let me know. Like, Yeah. No, I, I want I want you to be just flow and just give us exactly what we're supposed to hear. These backstories and these testimonies, they they really let the audience know, hey, this is what I do, this is what I know. I believe in Christ, yeah. right? This is my experience. So it is really important to, totally. to to just allow you to do your thing there. But I do want to ask you, like, how long ago was this? What, what where's the time frame at? <laughs> So this is probably, um, this is in 2017. Like we started oh, wow. our investigation company. Yeah. We started an investigation company in 2014. Okay. Um, and all, and, the being in, um, the States for this house, this was in 2017 and all of this kind of leads up to how we started midnight mysteries. That's why oh, I'm starting man. back so far, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm coming from. No, all right. Keep going. Yeah, definitely. This is, this is really good. Sure. Um, so yeah, we end up praying through this home. Um, it was an amazing experience. Uh, we came back to Edmonton, came back to Alberta and, uh, COVID hits a few years later. And we had over from 2017, when we went to this, this haunted house in the States to 2020, we had continue to, to pray with people, go through homes, but we start getting involved in some um, actual investigations too with, with different groups and different organizations. And uh, I could touch on some of those later, but 2020 hits and these paranormal, some of these occultic groups uh, aren't able to meet in person anymore. They'd been meeting monthly uh, to have different speakers in, ourselves included. And so they asked me to host their podcast over COVID. And I, I was extremely humbled. And I was like, you know, I gotta, I gotta pray about it. And so I sat down with our kind of core ministry team, and we prayed about it. And I came back to this group. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm happy to host the podcast, just to be clear, I'm, I get uh, the say over what topics we cover. Um, you know, I'm not going to interview uh you know, certain people that talk about whatever, Satanism, etc. Uh, I made it clear that I had the final say of what what topics we would choose. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up talking about ley lines and all sorts of other stuff. And um, something amazing started happening. Um, I would do a time of Q&A at the end of each episode. And I would start talking from my 
perspective as a Christian, as my perspective as a pastor. And people would be like, whoa, you're, you're a pastor? And I'm like, yeah. And I started getting messages of people who are like, you know, I, they were ready to give their lives to Christ. And over a period of, of two years during COVID, we had about 25 salvations from this new age community. The head pastor over my church, um, he came up to me. He's like, he's like, what are, like, what are you saying to these people? He's like, <laughs> we, he's like, we have to be careful just, and he was saying it in an encouraging way. He, he was a mentor for me. He's like, we have to be careful that as, you know, speakers that we're not, you know, manipu- manipulating people by being too charismatic and stuff. I'm like, listen, the last episode I did was about ghosts. And the one before that was about Wendigos and UFOs. I'm like, I'm not preaching on these episodes. Like this is 100% the Holy Spirit. And um, it led us to being like, okay, um, these groups started meeting in person again. And we're like, okay, we, we've seen some incredible fruit from these podcast episodes. We think we're going to start our own podcast. And so we ended up starting Midnight Mysteries, and we're trying to get a bit more regular and get a bit more of a footing for it because we're brand new to this this podcast world. But that's been our journey uh, thus far. So there's so much flavor you're bringing to this episode already. I wish <laughs> we would see more of this. Um, just this. Hey, mm. this is who I am. I don't go around beating people with a Bible and <laughs> commanding that yep. they repeat after me. I just. I'm here, you know, kind of like I'm Daniel in Babylon and Daniel didn't want to leave Babylon. If I remember correct, that's true. You're in Canada. Now I wanted to ask you, were you born and raised in Canada? My mom's side of the family is all American. So I'm a, I'm a dual citizen and my dad's side of the family is all Canadian. So I've, I've, I've got an American passport and a Canadian passport. And I went to Bible school uh, for two years in the States and then finished the rest of my degree here in Canada. So Dude, that is so cool, man. I've never been to Canada <laughs> and I can only imagine uh, the difference. And in today's day. Um, oh yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole other episode. <laughs> well, no. already I literally feel like uh, I'm hoping there'll be a part two and a part three mm-hmm. down the road. I'm just, I really feel like you're going to bring a lot to the table it feels like mm. every once in a while I'll get somebody on and I don't know a lot about you. I, I heard you on fire theft radio with Chuck months back. And and like I said, I'm just, what is going on here? You know? And obviously I looked up your podcast and stuff like that and checked out some of your, yeah. your episodes mm-hmm. from where I am. I consider myself like a watchman on the wall to an extent on the show here. Mm. My idea is let's just connect and help each other understand Dr. Michael Mm -hmm. Heiser would say the Bible was written by ancient Hebrews to other ancient Hebrews, right? Like, yeah, it's not a modern, you know, oh, it's 2022 and we figured out the Bible. (laughs) Like, that's not really Mm -hmm. what's going on here. It's, It's an ancient concept that I feel like entertainment and Hollywood and this consumer mentality and and these generations that we're watching literally unfold before our eyes. It's it striking mm-hmm. like the end times man so when i hear somebody yeah, come yeah. on and they're swinging the bat and they're like i don't care what you think what you say this is my experience i believe in the the resurrection of the christ i'm not sugarcoating it or ashamed about it that's attractive to me even if some pastors do tiptoe around these topics is i get a really weird vibe i'm just like whoa hold on like yeah i'll never yeah. there's a secret back door to christianity like sean carter would say and only some people get in and i'm right. like no let's put that on loudspeaker you know man but enough of me talking mm-hmm. i want to ask you what was one of the mm-hmm. most significant experiences that you had doing this that never left you hmm. i think one of our one of our first requests for it wasn't a cleansing per se it was more prayer for a child deliverance for a child and there was a a friend of a friend and um this one friend had gotten saved former big sidekick here in edmonton and he um had a friend who was in the police force here and his daughter and he was high up there too his daughter uh his five-year-old daughter had been having these reoccurring dreams of a black dog with black eyes following her around with her parents severed heads 
hanging from its jaws. And she'd have these dreams almost nightly. And they had taken her to uh, psychologists and psychiatrists and therapists, and nothing seemed to get rid of these dreams. And they couldn't figure out what it was. And so he ended up recommending us. Um, and we went there. And listen, like Rod, we <laughs> we stepped up because we didn't notice anyone else was in this field. But we, half the time, were like, we don't know what we're doing. Like <laughs> we're, we're praying that we're doing things right and that the Holy Spirit's guiding us. But we're like, we can see how, you know, God chose the least likely people throughout scripture. And it's just very humbling. So mm. um, went and met with this, um, this couple and the daughter ended up praying with the daughter. And after a few different times, she stopped having these dreams completely. And, they said she just started to flourish because she was starting to get enough sleep at night. Her uh, developmental uh, leaps started going back on track. And it was just incredibly humbling to be like, wow, like this. They had tried everyone, like all of the modern day solutions and nothing, nothing was working. And us praying with her is what is what brought the healing. And that was 100% through the Holy Spirit, and it was an open door to, to minister to them. And that would be one that's going to stick with me for for a long time. You know, it reminds me of the scripture that says, bearing ye one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law. There's nothing that bothers me more than to see when kids are being tormented um, by by these this darkness, this invisible enemy yeah. that the world doesn't know how to comprehend. Yeah, I, I hope that answered your question because that's uh, that'll be a testimony for a long time. Hmm, that's that's powerful, man. You were a part of MUFON. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'm. I'm still technically part of MUFON. Oh, um, wow. I'm still on their website as their community relations director. So, have you noticed an increase in any of these strange? Uh, I don't even know what they call them anymore. It's a UFO one year, and then it's a UAP. Um, right. Yeah. Lights in the sky. I mean, I've had some experiences personally. Um, I'd really like to talk with you off air about, but I, I want to mm. know from your research and just everything that um, you've been a part of, is there an increase as time goes on, like over the last couple of years, or is this kind of always been going on, but it becomes a little more relevant now to the public? It's both. There is, um, it's definitely receiving a lot more public exposure. Um, like, especially now that the Navy has declassified videos. Um, other countries are talking about it. France's uh, former intelligence, uh, Minister of Intelligence, uh, I think his name is Alion Juliet, came out and talked about his um, experience with UFOs and his belief in them being either interdimensional or extraterrestrial. Uh, Canada's uh, former defense minister, Paul Hellier, I uh, passed a year or two ago, but he was hosting various conferences. I think he even wrote a book um, about UFOs. And then, yeah, the Department of Defense in the States and the UFO disclosure bill in the middle of the COVID relief bill that was just kind of snuck in there. So it's definitely receiving a lot more public eye. But at the same time, when we go into MUFON's case management system, um, there's a huge spike in UFO reports. And I, I, there's a difference between UFO reports and the classification after an investigation uh, for UFO reports and where the uh, report remains unidentified, right? Because a MUFON investigator, and I was Alberta's uh, provincial chief investigator for a couple of years, you try and debunk what it is, right? So you look at astronomical events to see if, you know, it could have been a planet or a meteor or satellite, um, planes, uh, balloons, all sorts of other stuff. A lot of drones now too, because uh, they're affordable. But after it's all said and done, if it remains UFO, it goes into a few different classifications for UFO. And we always received what I called repeat offenders for UFO reports. These, are pe <laughs> these people are looking for UFOs in the sky and they will see anything. And I get photos or videos. I'm like, look, you can see like these are lights on an airplane. You can see from if you Google airplanes, you can see that they're in the same place that an airplane would have these lights. And then and then we get like farmers who have had 
absolutely no interest in UFOs or paranormal topics, see something mm -hmm. and they start Googling and they come across MUFON's website and they, they submit a report. And you can tell because they don't have any of the community's language or verbiage, right? Mm. Um, they're like, they're like, I don't really know what to call it. I saw a strange object in the sky um, or I've had a cattle mutilation and the RCMP, the one of the investigation um, organizations here in Canada came out, investigated it and said, you know, it was this thing, but they're like, we're generational farmers and we've never had something like that happen. Like it just doesn't make sense. So we started Googling um, for it and came across you guys. What do you think? And yeah. we're seeing an increase in those type of reports, people mm -hmm. who have had no interest. They're not looking for random objects in the sky so that they can say they've seen a UFO or try and get a UFO report filed. Um, there's a, a lot of just regular old Joes um, submitting UFO reports now because they've seen something really weird or bizarre. Nathan, for me personally, I've had some encounters over the course of my life, but nothing mm -hmm. like the last few years. I'd like to say 2019 is when it kind of started. And the first podcast for me, most people don't know, but this is actually my second show. Um, the first podcast was started in 2018 into 2019. And I was just getting fed up with some of these idiosyncrasies that were in a good light and some things that were going on in my private life that I was not a fan of and how I would go and try to talk with pastors or other Christians and say, hey, can you pray with me about this? Or do you know anybody else with these kind of experiences and just kind of getting shot down and feeling like I was compartmentalized and judged and weird, like painted mm -hmm. or something. And But I was praying and saying, God, what is going on here? And then talked with like Marzuli eventually. And he's like, rebuke first, ask questions later. I'm like, oh, I've been doing that all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the idea is, is I didn't want an experience. And there's people that reach out to me. Some of them I personally know, some I've never met just from this little podcast here. Hey, what do I do? Experiencing this, pray for me. It blows my mind because I feel like the veil is so much thinner now than even five years ago, because I remember feeling so alone and feeling kind of awkward all the time about these questions on the back burner. And now it's almost relevant among social classes that I never would have figured here in Southeastern Pennsylvania, there's strange things happening. I'm really curious about your, your role in time with MUFON. What exactly were you guys doing with you being a Christian? Was that like controversial at all? Did they even know? How does that work? Yeah. So, um, I'm sure at some point they found out I'm Christian, but I try to remain objective, right? Like if, if there was opportunities, um, to minister to someone or pray with someone or felt like I, I should, I would take it off MUFON's official channels. So I didn't feel like I was um, kind of abusing my my position, if it makes sense. Because uh, I, I want to remain honorable uh, to them. Um, but oftentimes they'd be like, hey, I'd love to continue this conversation. Do you mind if I email you for my personal email or, or call you or, or text you? And and so there'd be times where I'd be like, hey, this is my interpretation. This is what I found. This is what I've researched. This is what I've read about. This is what I believe. and um, I'd be able to take it from there. And technically we sign a NDA with our MUFON positions, but, um, it's funny cause I literally just said, I want to remain honorable to them, but I've <laughs> never really stuck with the NDA at all. Um, you know, obviously if it's sensitive stuff, I like, I don't use names. Uh, I, I, I volunteered with MUFONs, um, it's called their Mars program, which was their redaction program for a bit. So I'd go through uh, documents and, and censor them, like people's names, addresses, etc. So I'd never share somebody's name or address. Um, so I, I do believe I'm being honest that way. But yeah, that's uh, that's been with my experience with MUFON as a, as a <laughs> pastor and continuing to be my experience. So... And now my director is as community, um, my community relations position. Um, I'm really there to bring MUFON into paranormal communities um, mm. because, you know, paranormal communities, again, already a lot of them believe in UFOs or have experienced some sort of UFO activity, whether it was supernatural or, or like the physical craft. And 
uh, it's perfect because I'm already going into these communities to share about Midnight Mysteries or other topics. So it just went hand in hand. So it was a natural fit. I knew you were the right guy to have on the show. (laughs) My throat still hurts a little bit. So like, I'm like hitting mute on my mic and just, uh, I haven't laughed in days. So thank you. Just, it's just like a joy. It's a joy to know like, oh my gosh, that generation is here. Men are rising up. We're not going to be ashamed or afraid to talk about the reality of what's going on here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's funny because like there's a few times I was sharing with, with some of my pastors and mentors and just not mentors, but just, I was completely dismissed by some fellow pastors Mm -hmm. and it was frustrating because they're just the trying to imagine anything, you know, supernatural for them was, was difficult. And I just find it so ironic because, you know, our entire theological background and and doctrine in the bible is super centers around yeah it centers around somebody that was killed and they came back to life and it's it's centered around a book that you know has um men turning into animals and (laughs) donkeys talking and angels and different types of angels and beings with eyes all over them that also have like machine parts. And I'm like, you can't just, you can't ignore that stuff, right? You can't pick and choose what you want. So, I mean, at the very least you have to consider that, you know, this stuff does happen to some extent. Um, Even if we don't have the right definitions for it, it it does happen. And I think that's one of the things that has been in the forefront of my mind lately is on the show, I have covered a good amount of these strange and supernatural topics. And when people are asking me in like my private life, I'm going church, they won't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Mm -hmm. I'm getting the personal responses and questions from people. And I have my own things that I'm like, how do you explain this? And not growing up a Christian. I mean, Easter Christmas service, kind of Christian. But when I gave my life to the Lord and then read through and just had this fresh perspective where I'm like, wow. So is that just, uh, did somebody hit the switch while writing this book? And now this is just fantasy land. Okay. Now back to law, you guys. And and I was trying, (laughs) I'm trying to like explain to them if the church would deal with the supernatural, if they would be dealing with, um, the body of Christ and the ailments that people suffer from these attacks, just like the Christ did. just like the Christ did when he walked on this earth and he was casting out the legions when he came to the other side of the lake, just like when he would spit into the mud and heal someone's eye, just like when he would make declaration either with his mouth or in any which way, the the living God was, was making the supernatural world readjust according to his word, his commandment. He is the embodiment of the word. And yep. I would go, if the church would touch this stuff, I don't need to designate like 70% of my time trying to cover these topics. I I have to be in like full speed with these topics because nobody else will cover them. Well, not nobody else, but you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. That's why we got involved. Like I said earlier, I love it because there was no one else doing it. I love it. But then there's this weighing part of me where recently I started like this micro series where I've been doing some like 15 minute, 25 minute long episodes in between these longer conversations that the audience is used to over the last couple of years. And the idea there is God was really putting it on my heart. I've been saying for years, the gift of encouragement, we got to stir up the gift of encouragement. I just keep, I feel like it's so necessary. Well, it's beyond needed. Let's put it that way from everything we've, all of us around the world have been through the last few years. People need to just be organically locking arms with no ulterior motive in mind, but just encouraging. So I've really been trying to stir up that gift um, in myself and other people. Second Corinthians talks about the different gifts that God gives. And it's just like what Christ says, the wind blows and we don't know where it's coming from, but when it's on you, you know it. And, and I think that the body of Christ needs these kind of reminders as uh, I limp along trying to cover and, and invite guests on to help us, myself, and and everyone else understand this supernatural world is crisp and clear and it is functioning and we can't be ignorant to it any longer. So sorry, sorry for going 
rant there. But I just, no, I completely Adam, agree. Just from hearing you in this conversation so far, it just becomes alive in me. <sighs> yeah. No, amen. I completely agree with all of it, right? Um, we have the tendency to just be really dismissive of these topics and or even just try and label everything as as demonic too, right? Yeah. I'm not sure it's as black and white as that. Um, I agree. One of my favorite ones, and I, I think I talked about this on um, Fire Theft too, but, um, you know, growing up, I heard that, you know, all ghosts are are demonic. Um, but as I'm, as I'm going through scripture, I'm like, okay, hold on. I, I'm reading through 1 Samuel 28, and it talks about Saul going to the, the witch of Endor. Yes. And she brings up, the, the spirit of Samuel and the Bible doesn't say, you know, it's a demon pretending to be the spirit of Samuel. It says Samuel shoots up and says, why have you awakened me? Right. And so you, you really have to do some theological cartwheels to, <laughs> to dismiss some of these topics Absolutely. and to ignore them. So yeah, the witch of Endor, uh, she screams out if I remember correct. So you, the yes. demonic one in the picture here is terrified of what was coming up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and Samuel talks, or you even have um, in Matthew seventeen when Elijah and Moses appear on the mountain with Jesus. It's like they were people who died a long time before this moment, and all of a sudden they're on the mountain with Jesus. Like anybody yeah. passing, going, "Oh, that's Elijah and Moses." Like that would be the definition of a ghost: somebody who's passed and is now present in our reality, right? Or even when Jesus is walking on water and the disciples are like, it's a ghost. It, it, you know, if, if all ghosts were demonic, it would have been a really great teaching moment for Jesus to be like, no, actually all ghosts are demonic. (laughs) (laughs) And and in Job somewhere in the middle of the night, he, I think it's Job four. I should have my scripture in front of me so I don't get this wrong, but audience check me on this. I believe it's Job four, maybe Job six, a spirit glides past him in the middle of the night. And it says something paraphrasing along the lines of can a mere man be more righteous than his maker or something that doesn't sound demonic to me. I mean, no, no, maybe I'm wrong, but it it sounds like something was kind of almost comforting him in this suffering. Like, dude, you're not more righteous than God trust. Like, like you don't mm-hmm. make declaration of things you don't know about. That's kind of just yeah. my, my yeah. take from it. But in, yeah. in context though, cause I know a lot of the times people say, Oh, you're jumping around and using scriptures here and there. And it's like, I believe once, uh, I forget who said this, Nathan, but it was mm-hmm. reminded to me, um, more recent than not when Aleko quotes this other person who says, if you're claiming you had a supernatural experience, then I would mm-hmm. argue you either like made it up or and didn't really have it, or you just weren't paying attention if it doesn't change you. Like it's almost like you become right. obsessed. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember it. I think it was one of the exorcism movies. And I'm not saying go out and watch these movies, but it was one of the exorcism movies. I don't where, want to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember reading um about I think it was based on a true story where there was a agnostic priest, so he didn't wasn't sure if he believed in God or not, which is just bizarre on its own. Um, ends up getting involved with some deliverance stuff. And he gets confronted by a possessed person. And he has this instant revelation. He's like, hold on. If Satan is real, that means God is real too. Completely changes him. And that's, yeah, that's a, what a supernatural encounter should do. It should lead you digging and wanting more and studying and researching and I just remember that being so profound, like he, it changed his life. I think everybody knows somebody with a strange supernatural encounter. I mean, really, at the end of the day, when people take off that like false persona of like, oh, this is me, I'm a businessman, or I'm this or that, like, I've noticed like over time as people like warmed up to me, and some people used to make fun of me for this, call me and text me and be like, yo, what do you think about this? And I'm like, go read John. Yeah. <laughs> you need the word, man. I can't help you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Even if we have a glimpse, it's enough, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, to keep it on the back burner. Now, I don't normally like go down this route. I've mentioned this on the show a couple of times, but I had gotten jumped when I was in my early, early 20s, 19, 20 Mm -hmm. years old. And um, I had a minor out of body experience. Mm. 
sounds life threatening, hey? Oh yeah, it was definitely a near death encounter. Mm. The reason I bring that up is everything changed for me after that. I was watching my friends mm. frolicking through life, going to college, some going to the military, some of them they're not here anymore because of, you know, drugs and crazy stuff, car accidents, drinking and mm. driving, but I dealt with like PTSD for years after that. It was so significant and it wasn't until I could really understand that God can use things that seem like they're so dark or so like, why my life right when I'm getting ready to blossom and I should have like, you know, did this or did that. Why was I dealing with, you know, stress and couldn't get out of my own head? And why was I so obsessed with, well, what the heck is going to happen when I really do die? And I remember being like kind of upset because I'm like, I'm in my prime. I'm like 20 years old. Yeah. Now in my mid thirties, I'm going, God, I'm sorry. Like you humbled me. God can use these rough situations or these testing time. Even if you're not calling on his name, he still knows you. He still sees you. And I hope mm -hmm. that that's encouragement yeah. that God is yeah. on the throne. The resurrection is real. All of these dark entities, they bow down at the name of Christ and he mm -hmm. loves each one of us. I mean, that's how we, we fell in love with, with delivering stuff, right? Cause there's, <clears throat> there's people that are looking for help. They, there's mm -hmm. a need that needs to be filled. And it's just clear that the <clears throat> church isn't currently stepping up to the plate to, to fulfill that need. And um, we are mm -hmm. seeing people, and, and that's not to say yeah. everyone is called to do the types of things you and I are talking about. Um, I don't believe that at all, but at the same time there, there isn't enough. Right. And sure. we have been training a, a few more people, but I only believe that it's going to get, not to not to give the enemy credit, but I do believe it is going to get uh, darker and darker until you know Christ returns to to some extent. I do believe that the light is going to be moving just as powerfully. That there will be many more saved and and healed and delivered. But um, there are dark days ahead as the enemy is moving um, behind the scenes and throughout the land. And I think now more than ever, Christians need to be talking about these things, warning people. And that doesn't mean, you know, standing on a soapbox uh, on the corner with a megaphone, shouting <laughs> at people as they walk by. <laughs> yeah. um, but just through everyday conversations with our neighbors and mm. with people at the grocery store and gas stations. And, you know, one of our commissions from, from Bible schools was like, don't go home and try and impress people with all this knowledge and, and theology. Mm. They said, go home. And I mean, we're all, students still they said go home and you know take out the trash when you haven't been asked or mow the lawn or help carry your neighbor's groceries in or you know pay for someone ahead of you with a little note saying i'm praying for you or god cares about where you're at and mm. and those are the types of things that that plant seeds and those are the type of things that that change people mm. so very well said and my my wife is going to be looking at me um, when she listens to this part of the episode going, take the trash out more. What are you doing there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, man. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Christ says, you shall know my disciples by the love they have for one another. Mm -hmm. So Nathan, what is the plan moving forward with the podcast? You guys are a newer show. Do you plan on doing like interview, dealing with stories? Do you have like listeners sending in stories? Do you plan on interviewing people? Like what? Just, just to give my listeners an idea sure. as they look for you here down the road, like, what are you guys going to do? Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> we started off just being like, hey, we're going to just kind of talk about these topics. And our first three or four episodes were on topics we've done time and time again. Mm -hmm. And there's probably another few uh, episodes we could do on stuff we're really familiar with. At some point, we want to do another one on, on ley lines. But we realized very quickly that we're not experts on everything. And we, we knew that going into it. But we're like, wow, we're going we're gonna to run out of content really soon if we don't start having <laughs> other people on or if we don't turn it into more of a conversational podcast, more radio radio style podcast, because um, we were doing all scripted prior to. So we, we tried a couple of just back and forth where we talked about... Um, some different topics. We did one on cults and secret societies that mm -hmm. way. And then we're switching to, okay, we need to start um, bringing in guests for, for each episode on different topics. And we're kind of a hybrid 
um, podcast in terms of, you know, we're, we're Christian hosts, but it's not overtly Christian. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, we just interviewed Judd Burton, right? So like there's, there's topics that are very clearly Christian and from a biblical Christian perspective, but it's not a Christian podcast per se. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It's very similar to where we were going into these groups before and talking about these topics, but it wasn't necessarily us us preaching or conversing with other Christians. So we're still trying to figure that out. We're still mm-hmm. new and and learning and growing, but that's the that's the general direction going forward is having um, guests on to share about different topics and us going back and forth with them. Before I ask my next question, I wanted to bring up that I think is super significant is the body of Christ being in agreement. And a lot of the times people think, oh, you got to close this church and that church and we have to be like, whatever. Like, no, the idea is the Bible says one spirit, one mind and one baptism, right? In Christ and in the power of who he is. And I just want to say that for my listeners, especially here in Southeastern Pennsylvania, um, you guys know on the show, we've been calling to the body of Christ pray for each other, encourage each other, and let's lock arms for the days moving forward. But just to make the clarification, Mm -hmm. it's not about closing down a denomination. I think I've been trying to show you guys here on this podcast that let's highlight what people have right. Instead of trying to write a book Mm -hmm. about what's wrong with this or, oh, you spend too much time, let's try to highlight what we have right and continue to agree on the power of Christ. Now, Nathan, you're in the Canadian wilderness. What does that even mean? Like, are you 30 miles yeah. from the next like town? <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, can I comment on your last point there just really quick? Absolutely. And yeah, then yeah. I'll dive in. Yeah. So I like, um, we're the, the church I'm part of, uh, we're a mid-sized church and we're a non-denominational church, which means that we're a multi-denominational <laughs> church. Like we have all sorts of different denominations and backgrounds. And I think it's so key what you said that unless, unless it's a, a salvation issue, there's going to be different interpretations, Absolutely. right? And, and it's, we have to understand that we're one body, many parts that we're all card called to different parts of our, society and culture and that may look different for for one person than it does the other but i think of when paul talks about the the meat before the idols and mm-hmm. he says you know if you feel conviction not to eat the meat because it's been offered to to idols then don't eat the meat but if you don't feel conviction to not eat the meat then go ahead and eat the meat and i think whenever we talk to other christian speakers or listen we need to take the meat and throw out the bones yes and yes that's the way we're going to be able to to go together because we'll never agree on on absolutely everything. And again, unless it's a core salvation issue, we we need to be prepared to set aside our differences and minister together. So, Amen. Um, what was your What was your question? Oh yeah. yes, I remember. Canada's so the states has about ten times the population as Canada. We're really kind of spread out until you hit about central Canada. And then it's like wilderness up North with very few people. Um, So Edmonton is Alberta's capital city and Edmonton's called the gateway to the North because it's Canada's uh, largest northernmost city. And it's funny because we're, we're still about central Canada, but we're the largest city um, Northward. And (laughs) we used to be, the last stop for supplies uh, for the gold miners and coal miners and all sorts of other occupations as they went up north um, and railroad workers. So that's where we're, we're broadcasting from. Lots of wilderness around here, lots of mountains, lots of Sasquatch and UFO activity. <laughs> um, we have a little area set up where I work and that's where we broadcast from. And we do play on the the whole cabin in the woods thing. We, I love it. You know, it, but it is a bit of an exaggeration too. So. <laughs> All right. I got to comment on that. Sure. If you're the last stop to the North, right. And these like, you know, yeah. rugged men are coming in with like leather and guns and they're like, we're going for gold. Yeah. Do they yeah. ever come back? <laughs> Pretty much um, yeah. everyone Northward is either like an old generational miner, yeah. like from a hundred years ago or like, homeless hippies like those are the two types of people you find find north um a lot of first nations groups too but again just very spread out 
So I have had dreams of hitting the Canadian wilderness, but I don't think I'm built for that. Yeah. Would definitely need a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do they have a Chick-fil-A up there? <laughs> no, no Chick-fil-A's. We do have Popeye's now though. And like Popeye's are shooting up across the city. Oh, so wow. It's become very popular. Yeah. It's crazy <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. Nathan, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. I loved everything that you were saying here tonight. And I feel like you guys are going to do exactly what you're setting out to accomplish. I'm just thankful that I got to interview you and talk with you. And Yeah, it's been a huge pleasure. I, I love doing episodes like this. So yeah, anytime in the future that you want to talk or, or chat, I'm, I'm happy to do so. Well, tell the listeners where they can find you, Nathan, where they can find your show and anything else that you want them to know about. Sure. So our investigation company, it's called Aperio Research and Investigations. Aperio is Latin for exposing light. Then Midnight Mysteries is on Instagram as uh, Midnight Mysteries Radio. And that's all of our links are there. Um, we do a bunch of posts around different topics. And then I've started up a, a different one. When I say started up, I mean, I created the logo and that's as far as I've gotten. Um, another podcast called Paranormal Pastor. And it's more of these topics, but from strictly a Christian perspective to Christians. Whereas, again, like I said earlier, Midnight Mysteries is more of a, a bridge podcast where it's not overtly as Christian. So those are my, my uh, handles, I guess that is it that's the show if you guys found this episode to be helpful to be encouraging if you learned something new i ask that you would share this with a friend a family member a co-worker your neighbor share it with your pastor coming to you from southeastern pennsylvania god bless america goodbye